Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Atomic Retirement. I'm your host, Ryan Kilkenny, the founder of Atomic Planning, an independent, veteran-owned, fee-only financial planning firm bringing tax and retirement planning to families over age 50. Atomic Planning is a virtual financial planning practice in Kansas City, serving families from coast to coast. Thank you for joining me and welcome to the Atomic Retirement. Tax season is upon us, and if I had to guess, I would say that over the past month or so, you've probably received your fair share of important tax documents in the mail or your email inbox. Naturally, these forms may have ended up in a folder for your tax professional or for yourself if you prepare your own return. Some forms are more familiar than others. For example, if you're still working, you can expect to receive a W-2 tax form. W-2s are for employees, and it shows the income you earn from your employer, the amount of taxes withheld from your paycheck, employer retirement account contributions, other benefits, and more. You use your W-2 to complete your federal and state income tax returns, and April 18, 2023 is the deadline to file your 2022 federal income tax return. April 18th is also the deadline to file for a tax extension, something you do using Form 4868 if you need more time to prepare your return. But remember, a tax extension just gives you more time to prepare your return. If you owe money, you still need to pay by April 18th. Okay, back to tax forms. Your W-2 is probably not the only form you'll need to complete your income tax return because you likely received at least one or more 1099 forms, too. There are many different types of 1099 forms, but they all essentially report income from the previous year. For example, you might receive a 1099 INT because you earned a little interest on your bank account, or a 1099 DIV to report dividends. You might also receive a 1099R if you had income from a pension or annuity, or because you made a distribution from a retirement account or did a rollover or a Roth conversion. Furthermore, you might receive a 1099-B if you had a realized capital gain or loss in a taxable brokerage account. And for what it's worth, many custodians will issue a single consolidated 1099, something my custodian, Altruist, calls a Form 1099 Composite. The point is you can learn a lot from your 1099 forms, And that's why it's important to pay attention to them as you get organized this tax season. Today, I'll refer to a Morningstar article from Christine Benz. It's called, What Can You Learn From Your 1099 Forms? I'll be sure to drop a link to the article in the show notes of this episode. By the way, I know numbers can be a bit challenging in an audio format. And unless you have a photographic memory, you might find it helpful to listen to this while you're looking at a 1099 form. And Christine conveniently includes a blank 1099 DIV about halfway through the article. Okay, let's dive in. Christine says there are eight questions we should ask ourselves as we review our 1099 forms. Question number one, am I taking a tax-efficient approach to dividends? Form 1099 DIV has two boxes that deal with dividends, box 1A and 1B. Box 1A displays the total ordinary dividends received, while Box 1B displays qualified dividends. Qualified dividends are eligible for a lower tax rate than non-qualified dividends. 
and dividends from most U.S. companies and qualified foreign corporations are considered qualified dividends, although it's important to know that there are holding period requirements to get the favorable qualified dividend tax treatment. On the other hand, dividend income from real estate investment trusts or REITs and some foreign stocks are non-qualified dividends and are taxed at your ordinary income tax rate. So, if you notice that box 1A is much larger than 1B, you may want to take a closer look at your asset location and consider moving non-qualified dividend payers like REITs into a tax-advantaged retirement account. Because when it comes to your taxable brokerage account, we would prefer to see qualified dividend payers that are subject to the same tax rates as long-term capital gains. Question number two, have I considered whether it's possible to minimize taxable capital gains? If you sold shares of a mutual fund, you'd see it reported on Form 1099-B. But if you received a capital gain distribution from a mutual fund, you'll likely find it on Box 2A of Form 1099-DIV. Remember, a mutual fund is an investment that pools money from many investors to purchase stocks, bonds, and other securities. When mutual funds have gains inside the funds, those gains must be distributed to shareholders when the appreciated securities are sold by the mutual fund manager. Some funds, such as exchange-traded funds, traditional index funds, and tax-managed funds, are better at minimizing capital gain distributions. So, if you see anything other than zero listed in Box 2A of Form 1099-DIV, you may want to ask yourself if you hold appropriate investments in your taxable brokerage account. Question number three, have I taken steps to maximize income? If you earned less than $10 in income, you won't receive a 1099, but guess what? You still have to report the earnings to the IRS on your tax return. And if you have a lot of cash in your bank or brokerage account and you aren't earning very much in interest income, that may be a sign your cash isn't working very hard for you. You may be able to find higher payouts with a money market mutual fund, an online savings account, or a CD. Question number four. Have I taken steps to maximize tax-free income? Box 12 of Form 1099-DIV shows if you've received any tax-exempt interest dividends. Municipal bond interest is an example of this, and Christine points out that people in the 24% marginal tax bracket or higher may earn more income from a municipal bond or muni bond fund than the after-tax income of a taxable bond. Question number five, do I understand how my foreign securities are taxed? Box 7 of Form 1099-DIV shows if you paid any foreign taxes on stock funds that invest in foreign securities. You might be surprised to know that investors in foreign stocks must pay taxes on the earnings in the country the company calls home and the United States. As Christine says, the key to not getting taxed twice is to claim a deduction or credit for foreign taxes already paid. And because you have the ability to deduct foreign taxes paid, a taxable account may be a more attractive place to hold foreign stocks than an IRA or a 401k. But some foreign stock dividends aren't qualified, so placing them within a taxable account may offset the value of the foreign tax credit. Question number six, am I maxing out my tax-sheltered accounts? 
you will not receive a Form 1099 DIV for a retirement account like an IRA or a 401k. You'll only receive 1099 DIV for a taxable brokerage account. And that's because income received inside retirement accounts is tax sheltered. Now, you'll owe income taxes on your retirement account distributions, unless they're a Roth. And as I mentioned towards the start of the podcast, you'll receive a 1099R when you take your distributions. Why invest in a taxable brokerage account? Well, investing in a taxable account offers flexibility and fewer restrictions on your contributions and withdrawals. For example, you can fund a taxable account regardless of your income, and you won't pay a 10% penalty if you need your money before you turn age 59 and a half. That said, a taxable brokerage account does not come with an employer match or allow your money to compound and grow tax-deferred or tax-free. And that's why we prioritize 401ks, IRAs, and Roth IRAs when we are saving for retirement. Question number seven, am I minimizing taxes on retirement plan distributions and conversions? I've already said it a few times, but it bears repeating. You'll receive a 1099-R when you take a distribution from a retirement account or convert a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA. You'll also receive a 1099-R if you made charitable gifts via a Qualified Charitable Distribution, or QCD. QCDs are a great option for people age 70 and a half and over to make tax-free gifts of up to $100,000 a year to charity. And get this, for married couples filing a joint return, if both spouses are age 70 and a half and over and both have IRAs, each spouse can do a QCD of up to $100,000 for a total of up to $200,000 a year. Furthermore, QCDs count towards your required minimum distributions. So hypothetically, if you have to take an RMD but you don't need the money to live on and you want to give the money to charity, a QCD may be able to satisfy your RMD without adding to your tax bill. The key here is in order for the QCD to be tax-free, you need to have the proper documentation, and it needs to be paid directly from your IRA to the eligible charity. Your QCD cannot, and I repeat, cannot be a regular distribution from your IRA to your bank, then to the charity. No detours are allowed. The QCD must go straight from your IRA to the charity. And thankfully, most investment providers allow you to process QCDs online, sending money straight from your account to the charity. It's also worth noting that Form 1099-R does not include a special code for a QCD, so if you make one, it is imperative that your tax professional is aware. And if I process a QCD for a client, you can bet that I include it on the 1099 letter that I write to their tax professional. Here's what the IRS website says about reporting QCDs correctly. Like other IRA distributions, QCDs are shown on line 4 of Form 1040 or Form 1040-SR. If part or all of an IRA distribution is a QCD, enter the total amount of the IRA distribution on line 4A. This is the amount shown in Box 1 of Form 1099-R. Then, if the full amount of the distribution is a QCD, enter 0 on line 4B. If only part of it is a QCD, the remaining taxable portion is normally entered on line 4B. Either way, be sure to enter QCD next to line 4B. 
Further details will be in the final instructions to the 2022 Form 1040, and there's a copy included in the show notes of this episode. And that brings us to question 8. Is my portfolio as streamlined as it can be? Now, if you receive the same 1099 forms from multiple providers, such as Vanguard, Schwab, and Fidelity, it could be a sign that your situation is more complex than it needs to be and you may want to consolidate things into a single account or two. Remember, the more accounts you have, the more difficult it is to manage and understand what is going on with your money. It also increases the likelihood that you're missing correct beneficiaries or transfer-slash-payable-on-death designations. That's why I'd encourage you to simplify and streamline your accounts where you can. To quickly recap what you can learn from your 1099 forms, ask yourself, number one. Am I taking a tax-efficient approach to dividends? Number two, have I considered whether it's possible to minimize taxable capital gains? Number three, have I taken steps to maximize income? Number four, have I taken steps to maximize tax-free income? Number five, do I understand how my foreign securities are taxed? Number six, am I maxing out my tax-sheltered accounts? Number seven, Am I minimizing taxes on retirement plan distributions and conversions? And last but not least, is my portfolio as streamlined as it can be? That's it for today. Until next time, here's to your atomic retirement. If you have questions or would like to take the next step and partner together, you can schedule your free appointment online. To get started, visit atomicplanning.com to schedule a Zoom meeting that works best for you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Atomic Retirement. Be sure to check out the show notes for helpful links and resources mentioned in today's episode. Do you love the podcast and find it helpful? Well, if so, you can bet that other people will find it helpful too. Please hit the subscribe button, leave an honest review, and a short comment on Apple Podcasts. You have the power to help, and your review can help people find answers to their retirement questions. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and it is not investment, tax, or legal advice. Clients of Atomic Planning may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this communication. I try my best to bring you valuable information, but I may not know anything about you or your personal situation, so please talk with your fee-only financial planner, tax, and or legal professionals before taking any action or making any decision about your own financial plan. Atomic Planning is a veteran-owned Kansas State Registered Investment Advisor providing independent tax and retirement planning.